Hey, this is Roger, and on today's episode, we're still searching for a good Marvel book. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining me on the panel tonight are... Roger Bate, Blaine Long John, and Johnny Morales. If And I should give some props to Matt Lubick sitting in front of me. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, man. <laughs> If this is your first time joining us, we offer two podcasts each week. Every Thursday, we have a review podcast where we rate and review three new release comics and one graphic novel from the past. So you'll get a good mix of both old and new every week. Then on Sunday, our previews podcast takes a look at all the comics and graphic novels due out the following Wednesday. We typically do a lightning round where each of our panelists gets one minute and one minute only that we try to adhere to to talk about whatever they want. Then... You should also know that uh, this is not a podcast about collecting comics. Our focus is on art and stories. Uh, Before we get into our reviews, if you like what we're doing here, please, 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 please share this feed on your social media. Rate, review, subscribe, like, all that stuff uh, on iTunes. And please check out our crowdfunding campaign at patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast where you can snag some really cool perks and prizes in return for your donation. Once again, that's patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. This podcast would not be what it is without your love and support. So thank you. We are eternally grateful. Now that I've gotten that whole spiel out in one breath, let's go ahead and do some reviews. Uh, Up first, let's do Future Quest from DC. Future Quest number four by Jeff Parker and Evan Doc Shaner. And uh, I can't remember the guy's first name, but Randall, I believe. He does the backup story. Backup story. That was Parker, because Parker did some art, too. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It is... Ron Randall. Ron Randall. Ron Randall did the backup stuff in this. Um, you guys, have, if you've if you've been listening to this show, you've heard you've heard us plug this before. Me and Blaine joined forces uh, to to promote it in one of our lightning rounds. I, I love this book. It's the book you need to be reading Saturday morning while in your pajamas eating a bowl of cereal. I've said it several times. I dug this issue because we finally got a little bit of um, Doc Shaner back on art for the first, uh, I think, half of the book. Yeah, most it of it, actually. Of it, yeah. it seemed like 75%. Yeah, oh, man, and it, it's great. What did you guys think of it? Let me let me talk, because I, I can gush about this and just make it a love fest. Let's start with Johnny, because Johnny had an interesting point of view. Or... Um, so this, uh, I basically walked into this at number four. I didn't read any of the previous three issues, and I am confused as all... It, it, it was very confusing to me because it, I felt like it jumped from many, you know, plot lines and, and things that I just didn't understand. The art is amazing. Doc Shaner kick, knocks it out of the park, but it was just very confusing to me, unfortunately. I really want to... The, the story makes sense, but I don't have the other context to, you know, from the other issues to know what exactly is going on. So I, I'm going to go back for those three issues and, you know... Uh, so it did, it did make you want to go back and, and read them. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. that's where I was. I, I had read issue one, and I, I hadn't caught up on two and three. And rather than read those first, I just went ahead and read the issue four, and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, you know, having read issue one, I kind of knew what was going on with some of the plot lines, but there were other ones that I didn't. I thought that, that they kind of explained where they were in the book pretty well. Mm-hmm. But after I put this book down, I went back and I got two and three and I read those. Mm. And, oh, my God. Let's let's provide a little bit of con- – for those of you that either are listening for the first time or are completely unsure of what we're talking about when we say Future Quest, um, it is a team-up, an origin team-up of the Hanna-Barbera car- Saturday morning cartoons 
Uh, Johnny Quest is kind of the central guy. Uh, the, the the Johnny Quest crew is the central where all the story is kind of coming together. You have Space Ghost. In this issue, we got Mitor. Mm-hmm. You have the Frankenstein's Frankenstein Jr. Frankenstein Jr. The Herculoids. God. We're getting all of those Saturday morning nostalgic. Bird oh, that's man. right, Birdman. He's one of the agents that teams. They're all teaming up. There it's is awesome. a big bad thing coming called the Omnicron, mm-hmm. and they all have to team up, and it's so great. And and you see, I think that's the that's the problem with me. I never watched any of these oh, shows. Oh, you poor deprived soul. <laughs> okay, yeah. Any, any of these that's shows. That's why this isn't hitting you the way right. it's, it's hitting the nostalgia button I mean, I watched, hard. I watched the Flintstones and the Jetsons because they were basically on all the time. But um, Space Ghost and Johnny Quest and all those things, you know, that are on Boomerang now. I I don't do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go back Check and watch those. Okay, and I think I will. Blink, you and I were talking because. Uh, one of, I'm sorry. Go ahead and drink, no, take a drink no, real quick. I can, no, I can no, fill no. in some We're shape. totally good. <laughs> we, we were talking about this issue in particular. I want you to talk about how the the, the scientists, uh, Benton Quest, oh, uh, all oh, that, yeah. how how they start to they really unify the Hanna Barbera universe with this issue. Because mm-hmm. you pointed you got, that out. Uh, is it? It's Doctor Zinn, one of the main yes. villains from the, Fear. Que- the Quest family. Doctor Frankenstein Junior's mom. Yeah, it was Linda. I can't remember Kim Conroy. I think it Linda was. Is that what is nice? Yeah. Uh, they're all they were all part of a, a project together, and you find out that in this explosion that Doctor Quest's wife dies, and who else was it? It was uh, Kim the, Conroy's uh, the Linda husband. Kim Conroy's husband, the husband, the, the, the father, father of, of Frankenstein Junior. And no, not the Todd. Todd. That's is it Todd? It. I think it's Todd. Todd or Tom? Something like that. It might be Tom. You're probably right. You're good with names. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, they, I thought they, it connects the entire Hanna Barbera. They universe use a together. tragic event yep. to like unify and bring everybody together like these are not separate shows like it kind of you kind of go back and think about all the, the reruns and everything you're like it's all together this now issue it's one in universe particular connected all of the different issues and all the different plot lines that are kind of running all together you got to see the big bads all working together all the good guys kind of coming together even though it was a flashback it, it's this is like the uh, the concrete if you're building a house of comics right here yeah it's, it's good it's yeah it's so great i really liked it roger uh, well, it's a top five book for me. Uh, all the comics on the stands, me it's too. a top five book. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, yeah, that when, pretty much sums it up. When we were talking earlier today, I, I told you I really feel like this is one of those books that something special is happening. And I think right. it's not going to be respected until, I, I mean, I think people are enjoying it now, but I don't think it's going to get the, the real respect it deserves until down the line. I hope it's big. Yeah, it, me too. I really do. So what are we going to do star rating wise for this? I'm going to give it a four and a half. I really... I'm just I'm loving yeah. every issue. I can't. I, I'm gonna give it five stars. Sweet. I, I I love it. Everything about it. Yep. I'm gonna do five also, mainly because Doc Shaner was on this issue. He was back, and was I back. tweeted him earlier in and the he week. He responded, and he responded. I was like, "Hey, Doc Shaner, are you still on Future Question?" Because I was gonna be heartbroken if he wasn't. And he responded with an eight minute saying, "I sure am," and thank you for you know picking it up. That so is I was awesome. like, "That's, That's cool. awesome." That was so, awesome. Thank you, Doc. Yes. Thank you, Doc. Uh, I think without, I mean, I wasn't born when this stuff was popular, uh, you know, 93. So um, without having any context, well, I, in I fairness, these guys weren't either. I mean, I'm I was born, born in 90. 65. <laughs> I'm 1990, dude. I'm young. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. No, well, go ahead. Go fine. Ahead. I, I guess I didn't get to watch it. I don't have any context for this, but I really enjoyed this book. So I, I, I have to give it at least a three. And I think if I had more context and I watched this show and I read all the other previous issues, that uh, grade would go up because this uh, is a very well-crafted comic. Cool. Awesome. I agree. All right. Let's go ahead and go to Saga. 
and this is chapter 37. It is by Fiona Staples on art, and I like to call him the notorious BKV, Brian Cave on. That's it, notorious. That's it, man. dude. I will um, let, no, let me say up front because Blaine had Blaine had foreshadowed this, and I, I don't want to see any torches <laughs> at the shop after you guys hear well, my review. Well, I'm going to qualify this. my, you know, what we're saying too. So, yeah, oh no, me too, but, uh, me too. Okay, so since you said, go ahead and start the review, Roger, because I, I, you and I had an interesting conversation about this. Particular yeah, I'm look, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not real crazy about this issue. I haven't been real crazy about Saga for the last the last story arc. I think yeah, that's about me. Too. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's Vaughn's best stuff. I, I I still think he tries to, you know, shock jock his way into your heart, but it you know it's just not working anymore. Um, like you said earlier, Paper Girls is a much better book right now. I think he's kind of phoning it in. I think he knows where he wants to go with this, and the ending's likely to be better. But right now. Um, he's, you Filler. know, he's moving pieces, and that's go ahead, it. Matt, real quick. I want to let you know, like, why the last man, volume six, weakest trade, saga, volume, volume six, six, weakest trade. It's just his style. It's just uh-huh. so he has like a mid-story yeah. dip. Okay, just point that out. See, I figured he was just—I I figured like, he was yeah. just getting bored with it, and he had all these other ideas, and so he was, you know, doing. Uh, we stand on guard and paper girls and well, we, you know the, we, the walking dead issue that he's that, that he's done yeah, that like Syndicate, yeah. yeah we had well we had spoken and one of the tough things about this one for me was because you pointed out is typically after the break the four-month hiatus when he comes back that first issue is a just it's a killer yeah it's a bam right, right on yeah. you right you yeah. open the first page and you johnny you said this first page and last page of that first yeah, issue he's back the king of that is always awesome this was a whimper. Yeah, yeah. It, it started with a whimper and it kind of ended with a whimper mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, and it's going to take more than blue steel to yeah. to make. Me I was just kind of like I was waiting like for that book. that opening page to uh-huh. shock me or to like draw me in, and I was kind of like, okay, it's hazel napping. Yeah, uh, you know, he's moving pieces around very very slowly, and I think yeah, that's, that's just a good point. Yeah, uh, if you're reading this in trade like like I am, it, it kind of moves a little bit faster. But I, I do notice that he is moving things slowly, and uh, I think. His his basically his magnum opus his best work is uh, why the last man and maybe this will get close to it but right now uh, I'm just not feeling it right now uh, Fiona Staples art is it's amazing always I agree. always it, always Fiona, amazing that woman dude yeah. if she's listening props to you yeah, yeah please come on the show <laughs> <laughs> right this, this is one of my favorite uh, comics of you know basically it's my top ten maybe of all time and I actually have. Uh, all of the trays and the hardcover signed. Well, you said uh, last week this is the only one that you've ever triple dipped on. Yeah, I, I triple dipped triple on dipped. Uh, triple dipped on Saga. You know the, the paperbacks and the hardcovers and the single issues. And you know I worked to get them all signed because they were amazing. But even I can admit that this is kind of slow. It's 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 slow. It uh, Brian K. Vaughn needs to step it up a little bit. Uh, but you can't. You know you, there's no fault in that uh, art and colors, man. Yeah, Blaine. Blaine. With no context to what's going on at all, I, you know, I thought it was a good issue. Yeah. I, not, I, that, I haven't that's just read I this series, and I'm not. I can't sit here and say that I don't like it because I don't know anything yeah. about I it. I don't want this to come off as like totally There's, just bagging on Brian K. Vaughn because he's. What made this tough for me to swallow is he's a better writer than than I think he's showing in this right now, because you read Paper Girls and that. You, That's uh, solid. You brought something up when we first started talking about this book. The uh, the big boom in the front and the big boom in the back that 
sometimes writers like kind of fall into right. that that kind of thing. And uh, I didn't get it in this this issue. I, it might be in other issues, yeah. but to me, this was a pretty good self-contained little thing that was going on. I mean, I, he's, I can, uh, his I can world, agree with that his for world sure. is expansive, man. Yeah. Right? And for the, you to really understand what's happening in this world, you kind of have to have issues. That it's not going to be a zinger every time. Man. Yeah. Well, that that's that's very fair and that's very true. He's a qualified um, writer. Let's. I mean, we can all quick, attest if, to this. If nobody understands, you know what saga is does anybody roger you've sold a bunch of this do you have a canned pitch for saga like yeah you do it's, east a, west? it's it's a star wars romeo and juliet sci-fi space opera with mm-hmm. game of thrones on hbo yeah it's a mature book for sure like, yeah, oh for sure i mean there's <laughs> this first couple there's pages. definitely <laughs> nc-17 content oh you don't, yes you, you don't want to take this with you to the to the preschool okay yeah um anything you want to add before we do some star ratings anybody uh, uh, I think, I think we're so used to great Brian K. Vaughn that when there's an issue that's not amazing, it's it's a big letdown when to us. When he's not we're, being superhuman yeah, and just banging out story after story I mean, of awesome. You know, he he left for doing TV and he came back and mm-hmm. it was like he never left. He was uh, amazing like always. And I think we we take we take that for granted when there's issues uh, that are always great and great and when there's one that's not so great I think that lets us down a, a lot more yeah. than you know usual okay anybody else no all right what was your star review on this one uh, I give this a four because I still love the story uh, and I am in love with this art I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a three and once again, it's not to, to, to you know, because I, I do, yeah, I do really like Brian K. Vaughn, and I love Fiona Staples, because that's the, the thing that kind of saved this, is you get to look at Fiona Staples' art. But story-wise, it was good. It just, I was waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and on top of that, you get a great Fiona Staples wraparound cover, oh, that's which is right. the first time she's yeah. done this, and the, it, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but uh, three stars, good, not great. Yeah, I think she did uh, the wraparound cover for issue 25 as well. Is it a wrap? Uh, yeah, it's a wraparound cover. Okay. It's uh, cool. greenish. Plain? Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Just didn't love it. Oh, it was, I mean, I it, didn't it, even it, was, have it was a good comic. It. I, it just, the dialogue's good. She, yeah. She, yeah. He can write yeah, very good can. dialogue, man. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. For sure. Let's, let's go ahead and jump over to, oh, God. <laughs> Thunderbolts number four? Number four. Okay, this is by Jim Zub, and what's the guy's Malin uh, first name? I, I say Malin. Malin. Uh, that's uh, John Malin, artist. John Malin, John Malin. Um, <laughs> I, uh, like Roger said in the beginning, I'm I'm still. I will say this: this is the Marvel book I've disliked the least, and really? that's that we've reviewed so far. Oh, okay. That we've reviewed. Mm. Okay. Um, that's not. A, you know, saying I loved it or I, I even liked it. I just didn't dis. You know, I oh God, Blaine. You let's start with some positive stuff because you're you're gonna have something. Oh, positive. you have positives. Yeah. This was a good book. Yeah, oh. I, I liked mm. it. I thought that uh, you you get what what you pay for with this book. You you know what you you're gonna this, go when you go buy pop tarts, Johnny. Okay, well, when you go buy pop tarts, <laughs> you know what you're gonna get. It, it's it's an, there's awesome fight scenes. You can't complain about the art, really. I mean, it's not bad art. The only thing I will say about the art is it looked like this uh, John Malin or Malin. It, he had a massive crush on Rob Liefeld. Yeah. So bit. it's very Liefeldish. The, the thing I don't like about the art, it's he has a very thin line. And also 
when you look at their eyes, it looks like they don't have any eyes. Like, <laughs> through all of them. Which is ridiculous. Well, that's probably going to be more... Uh, Colors, you know, right? The, the anchor. anchor. You, you think then, so? I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, actually, unless it's unless it's digitally... Uh, it, actually, it actually looks like it could be digital. I mean, yeah. I, either way, it still doesn't make the art look better with blacked out eyes and it, it just it looks funny and he I has a very cool he has like a, that. he has you a very totally you liked it yeah oh. <laughs> okay. well uh, hey you know difference of opinion yeah he, he has a very thin line which i don't think i'm a i'm a fan of unfortunately roger yeah you know one of the one of the problems that i had with with coming in this book because i hadn't read the other three um and and we've actually mentioned this about other publishers not non-marvel one of the things that marvel does really good is that they give you a setup at the beginning they tell you what you're going to be dealing with and so you know you read the first page and it kind of you know talks about pleasant hill and about the thunderbolts and these guys coming together but nowhere in that book is anybody from the thunderbolts team mentioned or told who you know who they are what their power set is outside of bucky and bucky was the only one i recognized and then i saw one guy i was like this dude looks like he could be from Naruto. I liked his headband. <laughs> With his little headband. I, I was, was like, cool. who are you, Naruto wannabe? You have to, I think you have to take this book for what it is. I, yeah. You're I, not, look, it's I not. Get it. I will say this. It's not a bad book. When the really fighting isn't. started I mean, happening, I was like, okay, I'm down with this. Hyperion coming. Because like you said, the, the, the Squadron, Squadron Supreme is essentially a Justice League analog for Marvel. Yes. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great having that come in. But Roger, you mentioned that the book felt very predictable. Oh, it was absolutely predictable. I mean, you know, I mean, there was very. I I think before picking up this book, you know, oh, Squadron Supreme is coming into town. There's only one way that the Thunderbolts are getting out of this. It's cubic. You know, it's got to be. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it's not really a spoiler. So, maybe we're missing uh, the context for this. Like I was missing the context for um, Future Quest. Maybe it actually is an an okay book because, because I, you know, I admit I was a little lost. It, it's not that great of a of a setup of a story. Uh, I just want to know why Bucky's not on the wall. Well, yeah, I mean, they talk about it. They, yeah, they, they say he's the man it. on the it's wall, like, and okay. I want to know where where's all this cool tech because Fury was a beast apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being the man on the wall and Bucky's on the wall but he's I'm, not he's not but he's not there really, that's what, he's not guarding the wall I don't get why he's even allowed to come down I thought the whole wall thing was like a sentence like you had to take that seriously no yeah I mean he's he's man on the wall in name only I don't think there's anything else even the, the rest of the Thunderbolts are kind of like yeah man on the wall <laughs> you know and that like that's about <laughs> all you get from it yeah well and it mentions because we talked about this last week with, with Captain America Blaine you have um, Cap you know, uh, Hell Hydra is trying to contact Bucky, and Kobik doesn't want him to get, you know, in touch with them. So she's kind of been subverting the communications. Bucky mentions that in this book, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, our our phone calls keep getting dropped." And Kobik's like, "Oh, I wonder what that could be." <laughs> and it's like, why? I mean, she's a freaking cosmic cube, and I know she's a little girl, but I don't know. I'm not sure that they're playing that it, it, it's doing nothing for me. I would agree. Anybody have anything else to say? Blaine, you want to make any more points? I'm, I'm, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I, it, it was very look, predictable. Like you said, you can tell what's going to happen. I didn't hate, hate it, you know, outright, mm-hmm. but I just, I, like you said, I keep waiting for a good one. 
I, I, I think I'm not a big fan of the 90s art. I'm not a fan of Jim Lee. <laughs> hey, and, easy, uh, easy. You're, you're, talking to, and you're talking to like some, some serious dudes. No, from, don't, I honestly think they're don't, drawing don't, over don't too much. Don't compare mostly. Jim Lee to Rob Liefeld, please. <laughs> no, that, well, that's not even close. Yeah. Or, All right, let's do some star ratings before this yeah. gets out of hand. Blaine, let's start with you. <laughs> Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Two and a half. I'm going to go two and a half also. I'm going to go two. I don't like the art. <laughs> All right. Well... Let's go ahead and head into some lightning rounds. Who wants to go first? Johnny, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about Lock and Key. Welcome to uh, Lovecraft, Volume 1. This is absolutely one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, it basically follows this uh, family, the Lock family, uh, after their, uh, their father is uh, murdered. Uh, they move back into his old uh, mansion house, and this uh, they call it the Key House, and they find a bunch of uh, spiritual keys that can basically do a bunch of, you know, supernatural stuff like turn you into a ghost. And uh, it's it's honestly a a great story uh, about a family and and what they have to go through to you know uh, cope with the loss of their father, and and basically an evil spirit that wants to get th- his hands on these keys and and get his hands on this uh, key called the Omega Key to open up uh, a gate uh, to the underworld so more evil spirits could come and rule the world. Uh, it, it I like I said it's one of my favorite books of all time and I think everybody should go ahead and read it. Boom. That's a minute. All right, give me two minutes on the clock because me and Blaine are joining forces. All right, we are going to promote Superman, Superman Lois, and Clark. Lois and Clark. Oh my gosh, Jurgens, Dan Jurgens, and Lee Weeks. Yep. Dude, this is the this is the like the, the homecoming. Kind of like a, a dream team right there yeah. for a lot of people. Well, he, they wrote it for a long time together, yep. and and Lee Weeks did the art. Yep. Um, the graphic novel just came out. And it actually, at the top of it, has a billing of Road to Rebirth because this right. was one of those series that kind of went big under the setup. radar. And you need to be reading it. If you're reading the current and enjoy the current action comics and the current Superman, pick this up. Anybody who's reading Rebirth in general, I think. I'm yes. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Anybody who's reading like a Rebirth title in general, if you read the Rebirth issue and you're a little confused, which a lot of people which are Superman with Superman is. and the death of Superman at the end of the 52 issue, this is the book that you need to yes. read. And, it, and it's not a slog. This is a good read. It is. This this not only because the, the Superman, Lois and Clark series was an eight issue series, but it started in Convergence. There's mm-hmm. a two issue tie into the Convergence event. Those are included in this. So you get awesome. 10 issues. With Lois and Clark, the pre-New 52 Superman, it shows when John is born and how uh, what they're doing to you know to raise well, he, him and, and he's bring out him there over. fighting crime yeah. under the radar. Lois is kind of like doing her journalism thing. She's kind of you know righting the wrongs in the uh, the media world. Taking on intergang, right? Which is awesome. Wow. I, I ten I, issues, seventeen ninety nine. Great, twenty percent off mm-hmm. here at Horizon, right, Roger? Yep. You guys and are Rebirth fans. Check it out. Just came out today. Cannot recommend it enough. How are we doing on time, Matt? 25 seconds. Sweet, we want to talk about this for 25 more Let's seconds. Do it, we want to end Let's it. Let's do it. How about <laughs> I, I really, really want to read that book. You should. Yeah. You should read this I'm not, book. I'm not a Superman fan, but man. Uh, it's Superman with yeah. a beard. Jurgens is a come on is a great writer, especially yeah. for Superman. I think mm-hmm. he really shines. on This, this is character. where they really started to nail down the father, son, the family, the dynamic. Yes, this is the, the family. If dynamic. you're loving Superman right now, yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Bam. Yes. That's all she wrote. All right, Roger. What do you okay, got? Okay, and all right. Three weeks later, <laughs> I managed. I managed to uh, finally get to uh, go see Suicide Squad with Teresa, and uh, you know what? Um, I loved it. 
I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Um, I'd heard a lot of reviews coming into the shop, mostly positive, enough to, to you know, make me not worry. Uh, I was most worried about Will Smith going in. Most everybody said that, that he knocked it out of the park, and I absolutely agree. I thought he was great. I thought uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was great. I thought Jared Leto as the Joker was great. <laughs> um, come in, talk to me about it. Uh, Heck yeah. And, I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it all day. It was thoroughly entertaining. It it made sense to me, and uh, I would I would go back and see it again. I would probably even buy this movie. I mean, it was just – it was it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. On your time? Sweet. All right, Roger. Make Yay. it up. Woo. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go ahead and this is gonna this is gonna be a slightly longer review. Just so you know, we are reviewing tonight Watchmen primarily because it is as of the recording of this podcast the thirtieth anniversary of Watchmen. Yep. So we needed to talk about this. Yep. This is thirty years ago today. Watchmen number one hit the comic book shelves to, and and made history to this, the day. Most to in, the day. Yeah. Wow. Are you the most influential comic book story, even pop culture story yeah. that's ever been written? It, well, Time Magazine, right? It's like number, yeah. It's like one I think of the, it, this the, is the this only graphic novel to make it on Time. Time yes. Magazine. Well, I think it's the only the only uh, graphic novel to ever win the Hugo Science Fiction Award. That's, I think that's wow. awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. That that's, is so awesome. So yeah, there's there's like no qualifier. It's like a hundred well, best novels of like all time or something like that. You look at the influence that not even not just the writing because that's obvious, but Dave and we'll Gibbons. We'll get to that. Yeah, Dave Gibbons' influence on all the comics that we read today, dude. Mm-hmm. The scene where the comedians getting beat up by Hooded Justice, that was awesome. That <laughs> some of the, the 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 scenes of his face, I, yeah. I see that everywhere yeah. today. Let's 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 back up because I know a lot of comic people are gonna know. The minute you say Watchmen, they know what it is. It brings to life some very specific memories of where they were in their life when they read it or just how much they love the story because it's one of those seminal stories. Everybody, if you're a comic person, should own this and read it, you know, at some point. Every year. Every Never year. read it. Oh, yeah. man. Well, you know what's what's fascinating? What's what? Because I've told a lot of people this week that we're going to be reviewing this book, and, and one of the things that really blew me away was there's there are actually more people that have seen the movie than in this shop than have, than have read the book. Hmm. Interesting. And so I was, I you know, that kind of blew me away. And I look, I love the movie. Yeah. Um, this is but something the, special. The book though. is the book is yeah. is is really it, special. It doesn't it doesn't take long. It was twenty something years later they made the movie. It took that long. Right. You this know. is one of those books that it's like a pick your poison. What kind of story do you like? It's got it all. There's yeah. pieces of Let's, so many different kinds of archetypes let, that you can. Since you're, since you you have a a, a deep grasp. No, I want no, you to, I, I, how would you describe this to somebody? If you if somebody if you were talking to me like the you know like how we talk, and you're like, dude, you gotta read is, it. How would you the, pitch it to me? This is the revival of the charlatan characters and the birth of the dark age of DC. If, if it isn't Frank Miller, Dark Knight, it's mm-hmm. it's this book. This created. This predates that, right? The, I think it does. This this book sets the tone for. Uh, what DC is today and comics in general, a lot of comics, man. Yeah. This is a, it's, it's a work of art. I think uh, Dark Knight Returns predates uh, this. I Does think it predate it by, by like a year, a year or well, something? I think that you, could, you could say that definitely sets the tone for the darkness and Batman and right. then even go before that and but say just, Daredevil. Right. And that, right. because, because Daredevil yeah. was before like Neil this. Adams really but this book touched so many different mm. things. This was one of those first comics, I'm going to say this, this is one of the first comics that I read where never have I seen different philosophies of characters yeah. and personalities really woven into the same story and that great against each other and because we were talking about this earlier 
Alan Moore has a knack for really making Dis- distinct voices yeah, for his characters. He like distinguishes distinct. voices. Like yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing. He's uh you no please go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just well one issue in you know. Uh, after reading the first issue and then getting to one of the things you want to know about this book is at the end of every comic there's there's a prose section that deals with a variety of things the very first issue is an excerpt from hollis mason's book who is the original night owl and so real quick let's let's say what this is about that way people who are talking about okay uh let me take a stab at this then because watchman watchman is a story that if you ever wanted a an extremely realistic take on what it would be like if superheroes or masked vigilantes, you know, uh, crime fighters showed up in the world, this is exactly that. And it's like you know, you start out with with guys that you know are, are putting on hoods and and capes and going out and you know stopping muggers and, and this starts and in bank the forties, right? It's in the forties and fifties. Starts 50s. in the forties. Um, you have you have an, a, an initial team, the Minutemen, the Minutemen, that um, the, this team of, of crime fighters mm-hmm. that is followed. Uh, well, it was attempted to be succeeded by the Crime Busters. Crime Busters, yeah, that fell through. That fell through. But then you ha- you end up having this team of of superheroes that uh, in the current iteration, which is the Watchmen, um, but. As of, you know, when the story takes place, when you come into it, uh, superheroes have been outlawed by the Keen Act. Mm-hmm. And so most of them are, you know, are retired or in hiding or um, or if they are active, they're agents of the government, like the comedian was or, or Dr. Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and so this story kind of, it, you know, it kind of takes you through, um, you, have, you have somebody that's targeting masked vigilantes you know very early on the the comedian uh is killed um and then uh who was next after the it comedian was, died the comedian, yeah was, um, uh did they well, they, well, they somebody dr manhattan yeah yeah but there was somebody else before they, that because I, mean, I know um, moloch died um well they attacked the uh, ozymandias well that was no but there's, that was uh, like, yeah. there's a, it's uh it's captain atlas i believe is his name Correct. okay Right here, um, Captain Metropolis. Talk- Captain Metropolis. I'm sorry, that's Did who you're talking about, correct? Yeah, uh, but you have, and so the main the main character is uh, at the beginning seems to be Rorschach. He he think you know he he's got it in his head that somebody is is targeting you know costumed heroes and that he wants to get to the bottom of it. And so he's and he Rorschach's starts operating rogue. It. He's not supposed yeah. to be doing what he's doing. He's one of the only costumed vigilantes that's still operating outside of anybody's right authority and so that and and really the story kind of follows rorschach and his investigation and trying to get to the bottom of of what's going on and it it um ultimate conspiracy yeah Yeah. and and it's right and he was right kind of thing and he's kind of because a lot of these characters uh i don't want to use the term analog because they were they're based more off charlatan characters and then we had dc versions of them later but he's right. kind of one of those you could compare him to the question well that was actually you know alan Moore went to dc yeah, initially he wanted, to, he use wanted to use dc characters yes. and dc heard the pitch for the story and they're like yeah, no, no we can't do that we yeah. can't you because know. dr manhattan's very clearly uh captain adam yes right you know mm-hmm. and and night owl is 
Batman. Rorschach is kind of hard to say, man. It, it, yeah. He could be considered almost the Joker in some of the ways that he interacts with characters in this story. Let's not forget the psychiatrist scene. When you see the psychiatrist literally go, cr- spoilers, crazy after yeah. interviewing Rorschach. I mean, at the end of no, the issue. No, well, I don't think he went crazy, but he started to see Rorschach's point of view. Mm-hmm. My uh, my biggest takeaway was the quote at the end, the Nietzsche quote. It's, battle not with monsters, lest ye becomes a monster. And if you if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes into you. Yeah. So he saw the fringes of his psyche yeah. kind of well, being Rorschach's broken down. one of those extreme characters. I mean, he's one of definitely one of the more popular characters out of out of this. Yeah. Uh, out of the story I mean, for for good reason I mean he's he's an extremely well written character mm-hmm. and and he's a fun character in a weird way a fun character to read mm-hmm. but, but he's a moral but, absolutist yeah he, by any means no, necessary there's yeah. he, he will break before he bends he and that's is, what happens to him he is the Carl Jung philosophy the Frederick Nietzsche philosophy it's almost Machiavellian the yeah. way he deals with crime yeah. you 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 do something wrong it's, it's all your, brutality it's your finger it's all brutality i can make somebody talk with their finger he says it in the book yeah. I mean, well th- some guy takes a, a just a, a verbal jab at him when he's looking for information and he just walks over this guy's not even a criminal nope he just walks over and starts breaking his pinky and just goes he's got nine more mm-hmm. i want information to and the horror the- of them watching it is enough to get people to start talking yeah, yeah. It, that, that's the thing uh with um you know, with the characters here, they're all so well fleshed out in just these twelve issues. They have a complete backstory, and and th- this is just a testament of Alan Moore's. Uh, you know, he knows these characters. He he created them ba- maybe based off of the Charlatan characters, but they are complete and and f- real people. Yes, yeah. exactly. I I totally agree, Johnny. Yeah, I well, I had mentioned definitely to Jonathan Blaine, maybe to you too, that yeah I. <laughs> I've kind of come to have this view of Alan Moore as some, you know, <laughs> rat nest haired psychopath living, you know, un- under a rock somewhere in England, you know, but you start to read this book and it's not long before you realize genius. his genius. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's so good. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is a, obviously a graphic novel, a comic book, but you can give this to any you know any person that likes literature and they will enjoy you know what's in here this is you know a, a great piece of 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 a fiction and it's it's based off of a, a real world but you you see with um, these vigilantes and these superheroes what happens when it it changes and it, it's amazing it's it's believable and the relationships every, yeah. that the, these characters everybody have should read yeah, this book there's, there's, there even, even like the love relationship between Night Owl and uh, uh, Silk Spectre. It's, yeah. There's stuff that if you've only seen the movie, you don't get the entire picture of that. Especially that love scene up in Archie. There was a whole love scene that happened that Before he, that, he was yeah. impotent. He yeah. couldn't, right. he couldn't get, he couldn't it, get up it up because there was that no was, thrill. There and was it so, took the costume man yeah. to get that going. There was so much symbolism depth that. there yeah, to was, that, to that. Incredible. moment in the story incredible because here's a guy who has you know, keep in mind you know superheroes or costume vigilantes have been outlawed for a couple of years this guy he wasn't having fun anymore his life was unfulfilled I mean he had money he had his toys right. he had all this stuff How does Rorschach but he was completely him? unfulfilled fat oh <laughs> right lazy yeah. you know so many of us aren't active Dan's that he's the epitome of that description yeah and when just and to see that, I mean, you guys, if you've seen the movie, read this book. 
Yeah. You'll understand the characters so much more. You'll love them even more or hate them even more. Yeah. Well, I was telling you, uh, when when certain movies come out, I get super mental with this stuff. I did it with 300 where I, I read the graphic novel before the movie came out, went and saw the movie, and then I read the graphic novel again. Uh, I had read the graphic novel a long time before the movie came out, but it, I needed a refresher, and so I, I read it again, watched the movie, read the graphic novel again, watched the motion comic. Like, I went oh, geez. nuts with, with this because I was really excited about it. Deep. Yeah. And it, just, it, it's to, like, the point you were just making. Like, you, you watch the movie, and, and they... Dude, I had no problems with it. it they neither. did a good job. And even Alan Moore, Mr. I Hate Anything That's Not On Paper... He enjoyed it too. He he. I think he said when he read the script, it's the closest I think I I could imagine it being to the original work. With it being one movie. With it being one right. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One Which Difficult. for Alan Moore, you to, know, who for, hates for whoever, yeah. whoever yeah. chose I think eventually, the scenes when they wrote this when they not when they wrote the movie but when they adapted this movie. Yeah. That's so tough to choose the right scenes mm-hmm. to make it uh, to, to capture everything. Yeah. And I think they really. Oh should. I couldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, you had real quick. You had. Uh, customer that asked a question about oh yeah um carlos had come in uh and and asked what we thought about um the ending of the of the graphic novel versus the the ending of the movie do we do we want to go there and spoil it yes (laughs) yeah i don't think yeah i i I, honestly i think it's a spoiler that it it, it's either way yeah that's true and it you know, if anything, it, it, it it's probably talking about is only going to entice people to read yeah, it. Yeah, because there's a lot in those final chapters to really make The you other thing is, well, the other thing is, is that all the way up to the 12th chapter, there's almost nothing that this is, if, if I have any issue with Watchmen, you know, it's this, that there was, you know, that was, that was kind of a contrived uh, ending, uh, deus ex machina, if you will. Yes. They say it in the book. Yeah. Well, say it in the yeah. book. Well, let's, let's let's a little so bit of the plot of, of what's of what's going on in the, in the in the graphic novel, so that people understand the, the difference between the two. Um, there's a lot. There's yeah. There's which a lot. one you want to talk the, about? The, Hollis Mason. And the the main one, the overarching one, the the fact that they're trying to avert World War Three. Yes. Okay. That's kind of the the I, I would say the overarching yes. crux. Yes. Countdown to midnight. Doomsday yeah. clock, yeah. Yeah, and we even get that on the cover. That's the countdown to midnight. The blood's slowly yeah, running. Yeah, and we're, we're all worried about, you know, World War Three breaking out. That's the thing that really is triggering a lot of the reactions and, and right. the motivations of the characters. Okay, Ozymandias is the big game player, the big... Uh, smartest, smartest guy on Earth. Earth. On the yeah. cinder? Okay, and... <laughs> what's what? The, the smartest cinder. man on what's the cinder. The uh, that, I forgot yeah. such a great line from the comedian. Um, and he kind of puts into play everything that goes on in this book. He's the master manipulator. Ozymandias is awesome. My yes. favorite he, character you know, in this book. Very his, utilitarian. Yes. The, 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 the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. He's right. Well, he was, yeah, yeah and he, he says when, you know, when, when he, he aced, he got perfect scores on all his tests in, in sixth grade, and his parents weren't that smart. But when, they, when it started to raise eyebrows, he decided he had to be, you know, less smart so that he didn't, draw as much attention to himself but he you know he grows up and he idolized alexander the great and how he brought the world together yes you know by by conquest yeah and even by the end of the no and the and all the good stuff that he did the the library at alexandria but even though he lost his way he even says it he says i've done more than even alexander could do alexander was just an adventurer i'm a true king yeah he's a true king of kings it's 
Yeah. He surpasses he, his mentor. Said, he decides because he goes on he goes on Ozymandias when he's uh like in his twenties, he goes on this this vision quest. Pilgrimage, yeah. You know, uh retracing the steps of Alexander yeah. through through all the Europe and, the Black and India yeah, and, and so I mean, awesome. all over the place. And then on his final night before coming back to America, he does like, you know, a whole ball of hash and goes out naked into the desert I love and has that this part. vision Loved it. about his calling yes. to make the world to right. make the world to make the world better. And that's where he actually starts you know, laying all of the groundwork because he's he plots this out for years and yeah. years. If it, if that's he, the setup, then Metropolis, Captain Metropolis's words, you know, somebody's got to save this place is the spark because he mm-hmm. says it at yeah. the end. He says that was the moment right. that I knew that I I had to, and mm-hmm. the comedian had to die. You know, spoilers. But yeah. Well, yeah. the book starts with that. So. Yeah. But the, the yeah. So Ozymandias yeah. is going yeah, back. You, that was I was, was, was going to try to bring it back tangent. around. Yeah. Uh, Ozymandias is, um, you know, he he's he's the got hero this plan. And the villain. Yeah. Essentially, of this, he's gonna he's gonna save the world. And, and he does. And you know, he, nobody's gonna like it, but it's gonna work. And and what he does is something that's extremely horrific. That to New York. Yeah, that allows the world that, well, it shows to come the, together. All of the other nations of the world to go. Oh my God, we have to work together. We, you know, we can't think, be at yeah. war with each other. I think we've all had, like had that that buddy conversation over beers. Like, what what would it take to get all of us to work together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a cl- cataclysmic event like that, right? And, Even and if the, it's a perceived cataclysmic event, it's, if it's enough to bind us, well, that's done, all that yeah, it takes, man. You take a that's movie like Independence takes. Day or something like that. You have yeah. an alien invasion mm-hmm. that you know to find something out, like that. Yeah, humanity will band together. But to find so. out that humanity engineered it, it's it's our government. Yeah. I right. mean, it, there's right. so many different analogs that it points to. Even today. So, go uh, ahead and make your point because then I'm going to bring it back to the question. Right, and and the thing is uh, when. Ozymandias succeeds in basically destroying New York and everybody's like at world peace and the the characters Night Owl and, and Rorschach are there and they know that Ozymandias caused this and they're basically tied up. They can't tell anybody because if they tell anybody that peace ends instantly. Well Rorschach dies. Rorschach, Rorschach yeah. tries to because he's uh, the ultimate lawful you know good character. Well by any means me- means necessary. Yeah. He's a Babylonian code of law kind of yeah, guy. Yeah of course. Right. It's eye black for and white. He's, like, he's like no you're not going to get away with it. Here's this. the thing it's, with, with it's that because a lot of people are like oh he was going to go back. I was like was he really? No. If you think about it he's walking out into Antarctica. He knew in he was going to die. Coat. He knew he was going to die. It was the principle that well, he was Night dying Night Owl for. asked him you know do you need, do you need something? No. Perfect like this. Fine like this I think he says. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, but they go and kill him anyway. He asked for it. Yeah, he asked because he, he'd rather. And the way that die. Manhattan deals so, with time in this issue. So that, yeah, Johnson. So why cool. don't you give us the the movie ending setup, and then we can we can kind okay, of decide. So do I want to say what happened in the graphic novel? Well, we just did. Well, it was that yeah, it. Man. We can leave it at that. I think people should read in the, it. Okay, so in the movie. Okay, so I'll tell you what happens in the movie. Um, the the twist in the movie was. Ozymandias engineered it to look like instead of an alien invasion hitting New York that it was Dr. Manhattan that destroyed New York so everybody would band against Dr. Manhattan. Correct. I actually liked that because I don't see a hokey alien thing the way they made it look because this was done in 1986, right? This 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 particular uh, book. Um, I couldn't see the hokey design of that being on the screen and I think there's some things that work better on screen 
than they do in print. And I think that was a decision that worked good for the screen. And it made sense for the motivation of Dr. Manhattan taking off at the end of the movie and the book to make a lot more sense. I really like the book ending. I, 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 do, I, like, I do too. I like the science behind the book ending. They took a, a man's brain, a psychic's brain, cloned it, created this artificial kind of like living being. You get Jeez. hints of it through the entire book through Ozymandias, his Babastus, his cat. Yeah. yeah. The, the the artist, the Indian lady who's drawing that picture at that secret site where all these writers yeah. and, and authors these are and subtle things throughout the book. They're I, not I, large I chunks. personally yeah, enjoyed the things. Watchmen ending in the book a, a lot more. Yeah, I, lot I more. actually had a big problem with the ending in the movie because when you frame Dr. Manhattan like that, sure, they can you know find some peace, but if he leaves and never comes back, basically that piece can be broken. I whereas, agree. Whereas in, if you have an alien invasion, even if it, it was just one uh, accidental one... Because you don't know if he's going to come back, though. Well, That's yeah, the thing. Like, the odds of one entity coming back instead of millions upon millions of yeah, other... we're talking god you're, you're ta- but you're, but you're talking about something... Beings. You're fighting somebody that was once human, though. Right. The, he, his point is actually very, very valid. No, you, I agree. You would, you would completely unite us forever mm-hmm. at that point. We yeah. would become one nation. Yeah, and, 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 and whether that's good or bad, that's up to you guys. I mean, it's hard to say at that point. I think that's my, that's my only problem with the, the movie ending because I feel like Dr. Manhattan has to come back for the piece to actually continue. Mm. And, and I don't feel like he does. I see what I you're mean, saying. I, I agree. I see, I, saying. I, I see your point. Mm-hmm. I agree um, with what you're saying, but I just I don't think he has to in order to keep the piece intact. Mm-hmm. Once again, like I said, there's some things that work better on, on film, on the screen, right. than it would in print. Yeah, I, I agree and with you on that. Cause I, just, I, I liked the movie ending for what it was. Right. I think the movie ending works perfect for the movie, and the book ending works yeah, perfect and that, for the book. That's, that's ultimately yeah. what, kind of like how I feel with it. But it never so. ends, right? Remember at the end of the book? The, the, very true. Right. It never ends. It never ends. So, did you have anything else you want to say? Because we're getting we're rebirth, pretty much over. rebirth. Oh, DC rebirth. Do we want to? Do we want connections? Rebirth? Possible? Totally? No. No, we'll do that another time. Okay. But no, I want to say my. You know, one probably my favorite part in this book was when, uh, Laurie Jaspazic, okay, Silk Spectre, the younger one, is recall is is kind of led down this path to rea- the realization of who her father oh is. Oh my gosh. And it and he was so patient yes. with this. I, w- I would I would encourage anybody to read this just to get to that that one scene because he was so patient. It took like 2 to 3 pages and she has this memory that's playing over and over, you know, the words mm-hmm. that that you know are mentioned to she her. She blocked it out. In her head. Yeah. yeah. And then she gets to this realization and then she's like Oh my God, you know, and I, the way he did that, the patience that he showed in writing that was just <laughs> that's what and beautiful. it's a jaw dropping moment. Yeah, it's a jaw dropping moment. Yeah, it's like even because if you know, it's as good as Luke I am your father. Yeah, there's yeah exactly. because you're separate from it. You you you're kind of given a you know a, a, a pretty big hint a little bit before that, but in reading this, you're man, you feel for her and you're right there with her and you don't want her to figure it out and you're like and then it's just like oh man so I love that moment you right. see traces of her father's personality in her too mm, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome point. it's yeah. a great point Roger yeah. yeah that's it stars okay so yeah we're gonna do some stars because we I think we went over time uh, Blaine let's start with you five out of five five out of five five stars five stars 
Yeah, I have to give it a five stars. Buy this book. Boom! Buy five. This book. It, it's twenty dollars. I think like sixteen dollars plus tax here. Buy a book. Buy it for your grandma, your mother. Second. second don't buy it for your. Be don't careful buy it if you kids. buy it for your grandma. Don't buy it for kids. That's, Everyone's biased. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, read it. Say, hey, second time it's happened. The only other one was New Frontier. Yeah, you gotta it's read that it, Matt. Good, Matt. It's you that gotta good. read it, Matt. You can't say it's not well, good if you haven't read it. Sixteen oh two was gonna be five stars, but oh maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> That's going to do it for another episode. Uh, if you guys, once again, if you guys like what you're hearing here, make sure you like, share, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, on any of your social medias. We appreciate it. Um, if you want to keep track of Horizon Comics, you can. Yeah, facebook.com slash Horizon Comics. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Horizon Comics. And I'm St. Jonathan on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. And I'm the Johnny 2 by 4 and Blaine's My on. name's on Facebook. You <laughs> just look me up, dude. It's simple. I love it. Patreon.com slash All Star Oh, Comics thank you, Matt. Podcast. Yes. Patreon.com slash All Star Comics Podcast. There are tons of prizes and perks. Go check it out, guys. Once again, thank you for all the support you've given us. We can't do it without you guys. You guys have a good week. We'll see you on Sunday. Yeah.